This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. House call for Isom. To college. Sounds like a Ryan Day disciple. Oh, that's me. To the pros. Not getting away from who he is. Won the Lions that football game. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's It's the the payoff. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a fun show. Brad Tunney's still hanging around in the studio just for fun. I don't know why. He loves us. That's why. Ben Botcher, John Vicari here. You're listening to the payoff on 100.9 The Mitt. John, we got a lot of great stuff planned out today, oh, including good. nice little, nah, I don't want to say nice, an Uh-oh. odd meal, odd food choice from some Detroit Lions. Some I, Detroit I, there's athletes. nothing wrong with it, you know? It's all, it's all going in the same hole, you know? That's it. But we'll start with Michigan State because oh, they had the marquee matchup yesterday against the Duke Blue Devils, first time without Coach K. And Tom Izzo is now just 3-14 and 14 against this program. Not necessarily the record you want to see. I'm watching this game yesterday, and Michigan State just can't get themselves back into it. They claw back, it's four points, and then Duke just keeps on scoring. Michigan State doesn't have enough offensively. Can't hit a three to save their lives. It's like they have a whole team of Asar Thompsons. But you're watching this game and thinking, they need this extra spark. They need this extra plug. Someone who can come in and just kind of take over a game. Maybe like a five-star recruit. It's almost like they have one of those that's just buried on the bench right now. Xavier Booker is Tom Izzo's highest recruit he's ever had. Out of high school. One spot higher than Miles Bridges. Higher than Jaron Jackson. Anyone Tom Izzo has brought in. Xavier Booker. This 6'11", stretch big. is a higher recruit than all of them. Yet Tom Izzo is so fixated on playing the upperclassman. Who sucked yesterday. Instead of letting this guy get his feet wet. Get some experience. Against some of the top-notch programs in college basketball. I get it. You throw a freshman out there, he's going to make mistakes, John. I'm not asking him to be perfect. What I'm asking is to see what you landed because right now Xavier Booker getting nine minutes a game, only got five yesterday, is probably looking at this Duke roster and thinking to himself, why are all these freshmen playing? Why are all these freshmen who have enormous NIL deals, double the size of his, why are they getting, getting more minutes than I am? It brings up the question. What, what's the point of him to hang around if Tom Izzo's not going to play him in this era of NIL where everyone's just, it's musical chairs on where you're, these guys are playing their athletic careers in college. I'm just curious as to why Tom Izzo is so fixated on playing these seniors who have struggled mightily to begin the year. Because this isn't like Tom Izzo's staple. We talk about the 2019 team. The last year Michigan State really put together a real run. 
everyone just is grasping onto for dear life because it's been six years, five years of mediocrity, to say the least, with the Michigan State program. You look back at that, and you had freshmen and sophomores all in the starting lineup. No upperclassmen. But now I'm being told throughout the entire course of the offseason leading up to college basketball season, this is the year. Got all these players, all these returning starters, all these upperclassmen, grad students. Did we overlook the lack of talent on this team? And the talent that they actually do have, the five-star future NBA player, Xavier Booker, why is he buried on the bench, John? And I'll ask the people too, 989-837-6125. Because to me, you needed some sort of life to get you back into that. And it, it hasn't been Tyson Walker this year. Every time they ask Tyson Walker to play superhero mode at the end of games, they lose. He's not a facilitator. He's not someone who's sitting there. Like, like, down the stretch of games, you're just begging him to bail you out, begging him to bail your program out, with, to be honest, bad shots. I mean, normally I'd be in disagreement where, hey, you got to rely on the seniors, the juniors, your core, and you have the luxury, and Michigan State was ranked so highly to begin the season because everyone looked and said, all right, they have a really, really strong recruiting class, but they also have a lot of great returning starters, and I think last night was a matchup of both of that, where Duke, their new guys are great, and the returners are still studs as well. But when you have Atkins and Hoggard one for six combined from the field, that's not cutting it. And there's an argument to be made. You don't want to mess with, you know, heads of your star players this early on the season. That's a, you know, I would say a fair point. It's not so much a cohesion, cohesion point because the starters have played for, or have played together for a good amount of time. It's not like you're trying to make something mesh that hasn't already. But Hoggard goes to Izzo at halftime. Hogard. Hogard. Hogard goes to Izzo. Campbell. Campbell. <laughs> what? Uh, he goes to Izzo at halftime and tells him, hey, you could take me out here. That's, that's okay with me. I am playing bad. And he went one for eight from the field, 0 for two, couldn't make a three, and had just two points and three personal fouls. So they knew the importance, and that's what's good to have upperclassmen who have good head on their shoulders and are aware that, yeah, there's talent under us, and they're also in a position where, okay, if Booker comes off the bench and he only played five minutes, to your point, shooting once, but if Booker comes off the bench and lights it up, hey, that's implementing him more in the team and getting more minutes if not taking my spot but how is you he going to be able to light it up if he's not getting well, minutes it, it's true but you have you gotta you work have this seniors. guy in eventually I, and i agree but you have and you have upperclassmen that i think not are willing to give away minutes but when they know their stuff's not working yeah let's give a different look it, it's it's a very i would say from uh from michigan state and, and their core very prof- i would say professional response to what they were doing they're just not having it this year and i told you before last night this team, if they're trying to outshoot Duke, they're not going to win. And to be fair, both teams hit six three-pointers, and I said the inside battle was what uh, had to be won, and I think Duke had a slight advantage just because of uh, of just winning the uh, the rebound battle. But it's not like you shot too poorly. It's just you had to rely on Walker, again, way too much, which can't happen. 
you, you, it's a recipe to lose games yeah. at the end of it the day. It just is. I mean, we established that in the James Madison game, and this was more to, obviously, a higher extent, a game against Duke, the United Center, national eyeballs on you. It's the premier game at that slot at that time. But, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just not the recipe. And if you're not going to shoot lights out because, okay, they did make six threes, still shot not as great as you want, shooting six for 19, 31% from behind the arc. You need something else. And if you have one of the best recruits in in a while in program history, mm-hmm. and maybe you have the factoids of who was coming, you know, recruited higher uh, out of high school in the star system and what have you. It's but, Xavier Booker. He's yeah. the highest recruit Tom Izzo has ever had. Ever. Yes. So I, 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 you got to get more than five minutes out of him. I agree. And it's easy to Monday morning quarterback it, armchair after the fact. But when your own team is telling you, hey, Maybe maybe put me put me to the side. Let, let's get some more rotation in here. I think that's a message that Izzo you hope uh, translates to the next couple of games. But you, you, you not that you've lost your shot, obviously. And I understand the Michigan State narrative and fans listening may be like, "Ah, oh, it's early. What are we doing? Three games into a college basketball season." If but he- I was I was telling you earlier today, you don't want the games in the Big Ten to be the be all end all. They obviously are very important, and you need to win those conference games, but you don't want a loss to James Madison on your resume, and you would love a win against Duke on your resume that's going to play in March just in case you do slip up against Penn State or you do slip up against a team that's regarded as not going to be too good in the Big Ten and happens when every team and every college basketball team is hitting its 100% full stride in the month of January and into February. So... Missing your chances, which an elite team that had expectations of being a top four team, that's what they were fourth in the AP poll in the preseason. They're about to be unranked. Yeah. And and for anyone who's, oh, it's just November. Just wait till they get to March. These games don't matter. Well, if that's the case, why are you not getting Xavier Bookett big minutes right now? Why are you not throwing him to the Wolves and letting him defend himself, letting him learn, letting him make mistakes? That's what I've been told, that November games don't matter. That's what I've been told, that, you know, just wait until March. Clearly, because I went ahead and looked at the last four seasons of Tom Izzo's record in November against ranked teams. There's a reason he's not called Mr. November. One and two. One and two. One and oh. One and two. That sucks. <laughs> like, you, you, there's no way around that. You can, you can call yourself Mr. March all you want. It's been five years since you've had a legitimately great season at MSU, which is supposed to be a basketball staple. It's been five years since Michigan State has had 30 wins. It's been five years since Michigan State has been a top six seed in March Madness. Top six seed. Hey, sweet 16 there's a year lo- ago. There's a lot of living on that 2019 season. Because I tell my... Tell some people today, you know, Tom Izzo's 3-14 and 14 versus Duke. <laughs> oh, well, they, they beat the best Duke team of all time. It's five years ago, man. Like, at what point do we move on from that and think about now? Because now I'm being told Michigan State, this is the year. They've got all these upperclassmen. They're ready to go. This is the year they put it together and go on another Final Four run. You're one and two. Not off to a great start on this, this Tom Izzo one last hurrah season. Because then what? All your starters leave. You have a whole new starting five, and you better hope Xavier Booker comes back because if you're going to play him five minutes a game, newsflash, 
might transfer. 989-837-6125. Michigan State fans, come out of the whatever hole you're hiding in. Come out of it. I want to hear from you. 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. You know, we keep talking about this infamous 2019 season for Michigan State, the last time they put together a real run. So I went back and looked, you know, who have been the big men on the team since then? And in 2019, it was Xavier Tillman. We can check that off as a great big man. In the NBA, has put together a nice career for himself. was good for MSU. Vital part of the run. But after that, it's Joey Hauser. Good player. Can't be your five. Marcus Bingham, who everyone just hated. And now Matty Sissoko, who stinks, quite frankly. Why is Xavier Booker not playing? You finally have another uh, generational... Maybe that's a stretch, but you finally have this five-star, top-of-the-recruiting-class type player... Someone who is recruited by Kansas, Duke, Auburn, Texas, Memphis, Oregon, USC, Gonzaga, all the top schools, including the Blue Bloods, and they chose Michigan State. And he's being rewarded by playing nine minutes per game, five yesterday against Duke. Only five against uh, James Madison, too. Why? So so most of the the nine minutes per game is inflated from a blowout game. You finally got your hands on a great big. It's been a long time since you've had a truly great big. Xavier Tillman was good. He was a really good college player. Jaron Jackson Jr. was the last great big you had. You finally have one who fits a very similar prototype as Jaron Jackson Jr., who got 21 minutes per game as a freshman, only averaged 10 points. You don't need Xavier Booker to be the best player on your team. But he has the talent you need. He has something you lack. Skill to like NBA talent, raw athleticism, length that you you can't teach. He has the 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 things that you can't teach. Why is he not playing? I I I don't understand, John. I don't. And I think this is pretty old fashioned for Tom Izzo to be like, you know what? We're only sticking with the seniors and juniors who have been here. Well, I mean, it, that is true to an extent, but Carr got some time last night, <laughs> right? Like he, he made an impact. He's, he's someone that I, I mean, didn't make too much of an impact last night, but he's someone who got time in the James Madison game, got time uh, last night as well. And someone who contributed in the James Madison game. There's a trust for Izzo for him, but not for Booker. I don't know what. Matty Sissoko, the starter and Carson Cooper, the backup big. Mm-hmm. The average of combined nine points per game. That's not asking much to fill in. Like, these guys aren't scorers. They're not rim protectors. All Matty Sissoko does is turn the ball over and foul. Mm -hmm. His points per game are equal to his turnovers plus fouls. He doesn't do much besides run up and down the court and take up space. Carson Cooper, the sophomore, and by the way, Sissoko's a senior, so he's just earned those minutes, apparently. Mm -hmm. Cooper, the sophomore, shoots 28% from the field. 60% from the line. That sounds like a liability to me. And you can send Xavier Booker out there, your your highest recruit, your most talented player, 
You can send him out there, and maybe he doesn't. He's not a superstar right away, and maybe he does make some mistakes. But twenty-eight percent from the field and sixty percent from the free throw line. Wouldn't you rather have a freshman doing that than Carson Cooper, who does not have a career past Michigan State, who doesn't have a basketball career ahead of him? I'd rather let the freshman just go make mistakes and get his feet wet. I I, I can't think of a reason that he can't, he shouldn't be playing. Maybe he looks like a deer in headlights right now, but I'd rather you look like a deer in headlights now compared to March when you really might need this guy. Yeah, and if you want to say it's a matter of wins or losses, they're one and two. So it hasn't been great. You're five for or you're eight from fifty from three. <laughs> turns out that's got to turn around. Turns out losing Joey Hauser, the second best three point shooter in the nation last year, Joey it's H, hurt them. Baby. It's hurt them. And you look at what. Xavier Booker estimated, take that forever, whatever you want it, his NIL value is 335K. A lot of money. Nice. Kyle Filipowski, double it. Jared McCain for Duke, almost three times as much, over a million dollars. You got to think that if these NIL values are accurate, he goes to Duke, he makes more money. He was recruited by all the top schools. At, at what point in the season do you get frustrated enough in an era where you can just stand up and leave without really any consequences? At what point are you looking at transfer options? And I, I get it. You're three games in. You don't want to overreact. You will, be in the, you will be there in March. But right now is the opportunity and the times for Xavier Booker to make those mistakes. Yet you're not letting him do it. You're letting yesterday was a great game for him to go play against other players very similar to him. Unexperienced guys who have NBA careers ahead of them. That is exactly what Booker is. He's 6'11, can stretch the floor. John, why does he not play? It feels like Tom Izzo, this is this is gonna come back to bite him eventually. And everyone can play the Mr. March card. Do it. But the <laughs> But the mistakes, Text in, Mr. March. the mistakes you make now will help you in March, and you're not letting him make any mistakes. Well, maybe they take him off the leash. I mean, you look at their next three. They got Butler coming up, which uh, that's a Big East opponent. Uh, we'll see. Butler's undefeated out of the uh, out of the jump. I don't think they're going to be in the rankings because I don't think they played anyone of note. Then Alcorn State, and then you got to take on an Arizona team that beat Duke in your next three, all before uh, – the month of December even comes. Did, so I don't even know if there's a chance to take him off the leash in this early get-go because if you're going to play him against Duke or not play him against Duke, I don't know if you're going to play him against Butler and you're probably not going to play him against Arizona. And maybe he's not ready to be this guy that you're relying on heavily down the stretch of games. I don't think anyone's asking We're not him even to asking be that, him to though. be the guy, just especially last night. Minutes. It's just what you had in was just people not making shots. And it really felt like anytime Michigan State got it to four, three, in the second half, Duke was just like, all right, let's 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 get this thing rolling again. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State couldn't get stops and couldn't score consecutive buckets for them to legitimately get themselves back into it, to take that lead over. It, it feels like there's just so much stagnant offense right now in this Michigan State off uh, in this Michigan State team. And there's there's nothing to rely on down the stretch except a bad Tyson Walker shot. Mm. It's frustrating. And, and we keep knocking him. Game was way better. He's, he's been great this year, Walker. I mean, I guess not like taking over games, but he's he's being their leading scorer and trusted upon down the stretch at all times. I think I think a wise man once said, "You take thirty shots and score thirty five points. 
That doesn't make you a good scorer. Who's this wise man? Chet Holgram. Oh, was it? Okay. The How second did you do game, last night, by the way? It, it was a blob. The second game was way better on the for the Champions Classic. Mm. The late game, the Kansas versus Kentucky. Hunter Dickinson, man, he is a problem. And I think a lot of Michigan fans, you know, were peacefully sent him away, weren't too upset that he decided to transfer, especially the way everything ended. Kind of caused some drama there at the end. But 27 and 21 just about had a 30-20 game. That's going to be one of the best players in college basketball this year. Did you get to watch? Did you get to peek into this one? I caught it a little bit of the first half. Not going to lie to you. And then I was like, yeah, I'm good. I had to educate John on Hunter Dickinson a had little to, bit. This had, week. Had, to, had to see, uh, you know, my boy Cal Perry, of course, too. What, what makes him your boy? <laughs> Being sarcastic. Oh, you he's Italian. Like him? So, no, he's, he's, uh, he's a greaseball. You guys kind of look Thanks. similar. Thanks. No, yeah. A, a younger version, though, right? Not now. Yeah, if, if Calipari was, like was 23 uh, years old, I think he would just look like you. Oh, thank you. That's, I mean, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know if that's a compliment or oh, not, but, okay. but uh, what are you going to do? Mm. Dickinson's a problem. Michigan State's not. Michigan State has problems, and it's been tough. It's, it's been tough to watch the team this year. It's been disappointing, and I think for a lot of Michigan State fans who – we're waiting until this basketball season was starting. Couldn't wait for football to end. You get here and it's just, it couldn't have gone worse to start the season. This happens every single November. You play a ranked opponent, you lose. One time in the last four seasons, you went above 500 against ranked opponents early on in the year, non-conference games. Have you got another shot, Arizona. And, you've, and you went 1-0 and in that season. <laughs> it's the only season you didn't play three teams. Every other year you go 1-2. and two. It's disappointing. You can call him Mr. March all you want, but you you have to get one of the top seeds. It gives you the best chance to get there. And they have failed to do that in recent years. It's been tough. 989-837-6125. We're going to keep the hoops conversation rolling. Michigan State, it's been disappointing. What's been even more disappointing is the pro team down in Detroit. Uh. You're listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. There's been a lot of teams in not just the NBA, but professional sports that have been run quite poorly. I don't know if any organization has had a worse run team than the Pistons have in the last four or five seasons. And I know John would argue, oh, well, have you seen what the Cleveland Browns have done? Well, sure, they maybe made the worst move trading for Deshaun Watson. That's worked out real nice for him. But when it comes to over the course of the last five years, consecutive moves, I'm at the point where I'm convinced the Pistons are the bottom of the bottom, the worst of the worst. And that has shown up this season, just like it did the year before, just like it did the year prior, and the year before that. Ever since Troy Weaver got here, it's been a plague of losing. And to be fair, there was a lot of losing before then. One time in the last 15 years, they've had a record above 500. Since Troy Weaver showed up, they're 2-10 and 10 this year. Last year, they had the 30th, the worst record in the league. The year before that, they had the 28th worst record in the league. 
And then his first season, they finished 29th. They've been a bottom three team every single year Troy Weaver has taken over. The first year got him Cade Cunningham, who scored nine points yesterday and now leads the league in turnovers by a considerable margin. Now, I'm not trying to bash Cade Cunningham. Simply making a point. Acknowledging facts. He does, in fact, lead the league in turnovers. The second year, when they, again, were one of the three worst teams in basketball, it lands them Ivy and Duran. There's currently four guards outplaying Ivy this season on the roster. And they're 2-10. and ten. And Monte Morris hasn't even showed up yet. Still injured. There's about to be five guards outperforming Ivy. And then 2023, Sasser and Asar. I like those draft picks. They've been fine. But it feels like Troy Weaver shows up to work literally once a year. And that's on draft night. He's done an all right job. Killian finally coming around, I guess. Isaiah Stewart, Cade, Ivy, Duran, Sasser, Asar. He does an all right job in the draft. But what the hell does he do 364 other days of the year? The answer's nothing. His best move to date is Bojan Bogdanovich. Or some would argue it's paying the head coach the most money in the history of the NBA, Monty Williams, $100 million. They're 2-10. and 10. So that, that Monty Williams move looking real great right now. They've lost to the Pelicans without Zion and Ingram. They've lost to the Suns without Booker and Beal. They lost to the Bucks without Giannis for most of the second half. And yesterday, it's like you're watching the same game over and over again. They blow a lead in the fourth quarter to the Hawks who didn't have Trey Young. If you can't beat the Hawks without Trey Young, the Pelicans without Zion and Ingram, what the hell are you? Doesn't feel like you're a real basketball team. Doesn't feel like you're legitimately trying to win. If I swear to God, if I have to watch bottoming out basketball once again in February and March, I will show up to Troy Weaver's house and drive him to the airport. This guy doesn't do anything. His best claim to fame is being an assistant coach for 2003 Syracuse team with Carmelo. What has he done before then? He has made a career off of living off the back of Sam Presti at Oklahoma City as the assistant whatever. You didn't do anything there, man. You didn't do anything. Sam Presti did every move for you and drafted Russell Westbrook, James Harden, KD. I don't think Troy Weaver should get any credit for that because what the hell has he done here? Again, he's been all right on draft night. You love his But you man. can't take 364 days of the year off. Boyan Bogdanovich can't be your claim to fame. Because there's a player's available. I'm not asking you to go trade for Kevin Durant. I'm not asking you to go trade for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, why couldn't the, the Pistons gotten Grant Williams over the offseason? All it costed was two second-round picks. And He's Grant Williams 51. fixes this team? John, they lack, <laughs> they lack competent NBA players. They lack a roster that makes sense together. All these teams every year you see in the NBA – you don't necessarily need to trade for stars for your team to take steps and improve over and over again to help the people you've grown from within the organization. What you need 
type of players like Grant Williams, who's shooting 51% from three this season. Go figure, that might help a little bit. Why not trade for Dylan Brooks? All that took was a kajillion second-round picks and three guys who will never see the light of day in a basketball rotation in the NBA. Dylan Brooks, one of the best defenders in the league. Dylan Brooks, a great three-point shooter. He's a menace. Causes problems on the court for the other team. But what was stopping Troy Weaver from trying to get some of these guys in the offseason? Instead, they settled for Joe Harris, who had to come with second-round picks for the Nets to get rid of him. It doesn't take much to get some of these competent guys. Grant Williams, Dylan Brooks, Obi Toppin. None of those guys cost a first-round pick. Obi Toppin. I'm not asking you to bring in another star, but bring in some guys who will actually help Cade Cunningham. Because I'm sick and tired. We They just signed Kevin Knox. Yeah. Most people are asking, who the hell is Kevin Knox? He's the third leading scorer. <laughs> Two games. That's a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. This has been the worst run organization in sports over the last five years. And I'm sick and tired of it. I know we're 12 games in, but the season's already done. There is no coming back from 10 and 2. Or 2 and 10. Not with this team. Why does Troy Weaver even still have a job? He doesn't do anything. Outside of draft day, he does nothing. His best move of the offseason was bringing in Joe Harris, who had to be sent here with picks. He shouldn't have a job, John. To to play the other side a bit, because you mentioned, all right, couldn't beat this team without their star. Couldn't beat this team without their star. Okay. Bogdanovich. Mm Mm-hmm. Morris haven't played the game yet. Right, right, right. So instead of being the worst team in the league, those guys come back and now they're the third worst team in the league at best. I mean, you're without your top guys too. And it's not to make an excuse and believe me, like you just said, it's not going to completely 180 this team. But with everyone fully healthy from the jump, maybe it's different through the first 12. Maybe it's not a, a reliance on Cunningham to, to to almost like a not I, I don't want to say a, a like a dire extent, but the guy shooting thirty percent in the fourth quarter turns it over a lot more than more anyone. In the fourth. More than literally anyone in the NBA, he and, turns the ball over, and that's partly weak cast, but it's also like I mean, it, it's just, it's just very it's just very concerning. And but to again my point, you don't have. You have the cast in terms of what you have in roster to help them out right now. Again, if it puts them over the edge or over the top, I don't know. But you're not getting to see that yet. You're seeing the reserves. You, you then me, you would like to play at a, a different level, but like, you they're wanna, not. You want to know a good comparison, John? Sure. The Rockets, last season, had 22 wins. One of the worst records in the league. Mm-hmm. This year, they look like one of the hottest teams in the league already. Because their guys took steps up? Because you bring in veterans like Fred Van Fleet. You trade for veterans like Dylan Brooks, who no one wanted. You bring those guys in, and all of a sudden it makes a difference. Your young players can start to develop. Your young players don't have to be leaned on to be the only hope on this team. You get some help. You get some guys just being content with being these role players, helping out these young guys. The Rockets are great. They look exciting. They look fun. All of a sudden, Jalen Green looks like a player who's going to be a legit dude in this league. That wasn't the case last year. Last year, it was, we don't even know if this guy's going to be able to be a franchise player. He looks like that now. 
Why? They bring in a new coach. Pistons did that. Didn't work. They bring in a bunch of vets. Pistons didn't do that. Not good vets. You can try to sell me Monte Morris and Boyan Bogdanovich are good signings, but they're not, it's not as good as Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks, who are both available. What does this team look like then? I, I'm just sick and tired of watching an awful basketball product. It's been a you-know-what show. This is, they have the longest active losing streak in the playoffs. 14 games. They've lost, not even active, that's all time. No one has ever lost 14 consecutive games in the playoffs until the Pistons did it. It's gross. And I, I can't sit here and try to sell the Pistons on anyone at this point. I can't sit here and say, but they have Cade Cunningham. They suck. And there's no way around it. And the fact that they've sucked for four consecutive years, I don't understand why Troy Weaver still has employment in Detroit. I don't get why he's welcome in the state of Michigan. Who are you going to bring in? Literally anyone else. <laughs> if that's not an answer. I mean, I get that. But who's building this team? Who's, who's alluring those uh, free agents and making those deals? I'm not asking that you, don't you to get free future. agents. You don't have to go sign the big stars. Fred Van Fleet wasn't a big star on the market, but the Rockets signed him because no one else wanted him. And it's helping these young players. You don't have to put together a championship roster overnight. What you have to do is make improvements every year. And Troy Weaver has failed tremendously to do that. In fact, they've gotten worse. And I get Cade missed all last year, but what's the excuse this year? Cade's back. Uh, it was supposed to be better. And now they have the worst record in the league. Can't beat all these star- teams without their stars. Who the hell are they ever going to beat if they can't beat Trey Young, uh, a Hawks team without Trey Young? Who are they going to beat? The Wizards? Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole's trying to get that team losses. And they still <laughs> might not be able to beat the Wizards. It's been awful. Worse than your Knicks? Statistically, right? Well, you know what? No one's no one's worse than the Pistons statistically. Well, just in terms of the Knicks, I mean, it's just like okay, five and five. Randall's just not that guy. At least, and I think this is the saving grace. If you're if you're a Pistons fan and and are still in that camp, and I think you're in this camp as well. Hey, we do have Cade. Like at the end of the day, and you're as frustrated as as all get up there as you could possibly be, but you do have a solidified star. Do we? not a star? Well, do you? Do you, have you are you already off that train? I don't. I, if just because he can't perform in the fourth quarter. I mean, he is, he is the highest usage rate in the NBA. They're at, just, at they're some just point, using the excuses him. run out. At, at some point, they do. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sit here and say I, I don't think Cade's the guy anymore, but maybe he's not. He's not going to be able to succeed right now. At some point, you have to show up and take over games as as one of these dudes in the NBA. We've seen Anthony Edwards take tremendous steps in the last couple of years. Tremendous. Looks like one of the best players in the league now. Minnesota stunk a few years ago. At some point, the stars to step up and drag this team through wins. Cade's not done that. He's done the opposite. This team leads every fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, the turnovers start coming. And the, the game just spirals out of control before you can blink. Shots for the other team just start going in. Easy buckets. The fouling. Oh my God, they lead the league in fouls and it's not even close. Between that and the turnovers, you don't win games. You have to get rid of the sloppiness. And I think a lot of that falls on Monty Williams right now. It, it's been absurd. It's been annoying. And Kane Cunningham 
maybe not the problem, although lead to league and turnovers, but certainly hasn't helped this scenario. Hasn't had a game where it's like, all right, no one else can hit shots, but you know what? Cade Cunningham's just going to take over the last couple minutes. That hasn't happened yet. There hasn't been a massive Cade Cunningham game. He had nine points yesterday. I'm just so frustrated with this team right now. And I, I don't know what the answer is besides fire everyone and tear it all down. Already? 12 games in? The season's already done. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. The season's done. You don't get to come at, back from this. Yeah, just looking at their November schedule, too. I don't know if there's a safe haven coming up. No. They haven't won a game yet in the month. Halfway through it today. They're on like a nine-game losing streak with no, no light at the end of the tunnel here. We're not, you can say you're waiting for Bojan. You can say you're waiting for Monte Morris. How much better does that make this team? Now we get to beat the Wizards. Ooh. There's every, t- every team in the NBA is better than this, this trash team. And it's been that way for 15 years. And no one seems to be bothered. I'm done. I'm done trying to sell the Pistons on anybody. I'm not excited to watch these games anymore. I've sat through it. I've tormented myself. And it's just not good product. It's not fun. It's not exciting. There's nothing to look forward to. You have all these rookies and it just doesn't matter. What an awful product. Kate, uh, Troy Weaver's awful at his job. Let's hit the text line, 989-837-6125. Kate is like Casey Mize. You want to see more of him and give him more time, but you are unsure if he's going to be able to do that. Is he really that good? That's a pretty good comparison the Casey Mize stuff because Casey I mean you still have hope for Casey but Tommy John surgery Mm -hmm. just hasn't really shown it you still want him to be a great player but the confidence in him excelling into that is starting to dwindle game by game these nine point games not a fan of those no these six seven turnover games not really not really my cup of tea I, I I think it's fair to say that he hasn't been doesn't have that takeover ability, but also say like, listen, I can't pin too much of that on him. When when you just look at this cast that's around him, nine eight nine. I mean, if, if Kevin Knox, before you read the number, if, if Kevin Knox has to be uh, your third leading scorer and turn into someone, that's tough. You're not beating anybody. <laughs> that's There's tough. so much talent in the NBA right now, and the Pistons have feels like none of it. Nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. All this. You know, talk about the Pistons. It's getting me worked up. Is it making you hungry, though? It's making me hungry. It's working <laughs> up my appetite. And okay. I think one Detroit Lions player might have the perfect meal for you. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. McDonald's, this billion-dollar corporation, Losing out on so much money right now by you not partnering so, huh? with Jamison Williams. Why would they want to be associated with that brand? Disrespectful, first of all, for the guy who just played 51% of the snaps. Uh, un- unless they're adding a menu item the where food. the food's supposed to slip out of your hands. For those who don't know, viral clip, viral picture, Jamison Williams posts on a story after the Chargers game. Decides to buy a McDouble from McDonald's and dumps a McFlurry on top of it. I have named this 
the Jameson Williams McFlurger. And it sounds nice. like the most disgusting thing that exists on the planet. Would you try a flurry burger well, from McDonald's? Before, if Jameson Williams' face came on the back. Before, oh, sure, of course. You know, I, I bought the, what was it, the Bad Bunny, the Cardi B meal. Uh, listen. Travis Scott. Travis Scott. <laughs> there was a Bad Bunny meal, right? I don't know. I, there were, I don't know. There was, there was someone else. Travis Scott was the original one. Anyway, it's looked, or not looked down upon, it's the opposite for another fast food institution to dip your fries into their shake, right? The fries into a frosting. No, that's completely different. Why is this different? This is just the inverse. Instead of dipping the food into the the ice cream, you just plop the ice cream on top. What's what's so wrong with that? A French fry, you get the salt, you get the crisp, you get the crunch mixed with the flurry. It's good. And you get the salt and the meat mixed with the ice cream and the burger No, because the juicy burger meat mixed in the ice cream would make anyone vomit. We wonder why Jameson Williams is dropping... All these catch, all these balls. Mm-hmm. I think this is why. This oh, has really? to be the culprit. <laughs> He's eating a Mc. What are we calling this? A McFlurger. McFlurger. A burger with a McFlurry on it. No, I gotta try this it. This guy's man. A, that shouldn't be legal. This guy's a <laughs> psychopath. Would you try this? Yeah. Why not? If I, I told you at the top, like it's all, a, it's, it all goes into the belly the same. It's all digested together anyway. If I bring a flurry. If it tastes good, he's got to be eating it for a reason, right? And and honestly, there's things that don't look aesthetically pleasing that may be good in terms of food. It didn't look half bad. I was oh expecting it very, I was expecting it to be very grotesque in terms of when I first saw, first saw you know, obviously multiple articles and whatever written about it. I was like, eh. Oh, terrible. It's not like you plop the whole thing down, too. It's just like a scoop. So if I bring in a flurry tomorrow and a McDouble. Hey, any free food. And throw them together, you will eat that. The juicy burger meat, the fake burger meat from McDonald's, mixed with this flurry. Yeah, why not? All just smushed together. Why not? Because that would make you you throw (laughs) up. That would, I think, 99% of humans on this planet... That would make them vomit in their mouths immediately. I don't even know if that's edible together. That's disgusting. I can't believe you would dip that low. (laughs) You're a psychopath for trying this. I don't think so. I'm for it. I'm for it. He's got to convince me, though. He's got to get a couple catches before I, you know, pattern my meal pattern after him. Because I'm I'm trying to be great in everything I do, Ben. I'm trying to achieve success. Like, if this is what Dave Montgomery was eating... If this is what Jameer Gibbs was eating, you know, if if uh, if it was someone, even Goff, if, if if this is what Jared Goff was eating, sure. Great post mean post game meal, honestly. We wonder why he doesn't well, play it at all. Dan well, Campbell probably saw this way before we did and was like, "Yeah, you're not stepping onto the field again." It's so funny because I don't know the height and weight off the top of my head with him, but he's one of the skinnier players in the NFL, right? Probably about yeah. buck sixty, buck seventy. Yeah, a little, probably a little more than that. I think so. Like he's sort of like Devontae Smith, where it's like you know, but but eating that, I'm surprised he's not you know didn't have a uh, Jamarcus Russell problem. The question is: Is this a post win meal or is this a post game meal? Is this a everyday meal? I think three this times is, yeah, a week, something special. It's probably something you try. Like I, I think this stemmed from maybe he was in high school or you know adolescence, whatever, and it was a dare or eh, let's try it. Always wanted to do it. He did it. And then it was like, yeah, it's not that bad. 
So it works. That's I what this all stems from. All, all pioneers and, and, and people who, uh, you know, s- discover something new in the culinary field, which, you know, it's hard to be original nowadays. Uh, everyone just says, oh, let's just small in the portion. That'll make it cool. Uh, you know, I, I've defended this guy a lot. <laughs> yeah, oh, now, yeah, this I, is I the one time I'm it for him. I'm, I'm supporting him, and you're against it. I don't know if I can defend this guy on the field anymore. Like, every, every time he drops a ball now, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to look back upon this moment. This social media post, the fact that he had the courage to post this on his Instagram story and say, hey, world, this is what I'm eating today. Are you nuts? (laughs) How do you think people are going to respond to that? No, everyone already is against you. Mm -hmm. People are looking for reasons to come at you. Then you decide to post this. Disgusting. Yeah, well, I mean, that probably doesn't help his, uh, you know, cachet with Lions fans at all. What do you hey, mean? you got to be, well, I, I don't think people are like, oh, now I like him because he eats that. Well, but psychopaths like you are <laughs> seem to be I'm aligned okay with, with this. I, you know what? I think the expectation was just that it was going to be worse, and it wasn't. You, you got to expand. You tried your, it? You got to expand. No. I'm, I'm saying it looked like it didn't look bad. Oh. You got you to gotta expand your, uh, your horizons there, Ben. I, I'm not a picky eater, but I'm not combining ice cream and a burger <laughs> into the same meal. Maybe the, a dessert. The, the number one reason why I, I would call it, uh, why, why I was surprised, I'll say, he went to Alabama. So I could understand a D1 program, like a, a lower-end D1, where you're told, hey, you, you got to eat as many calories, and there's, you know, nutrition programs, but they're sort of, they sort of leave you astray. At Bama, I'm sure the meals are pre-prepped and, and, you know, the cafeteria, and they know exactly what they're supposed to eat and whatever. Like, these guys he are treated knows, like kings. Yeah, he knows that, like, there's got to be a better way to, you know, still enjoy the food, but, you know, make sure you maintain what you got to maintain. You know, uh, you know how they said he wasn't a culture fit in Detroit? Yeah. This is why. <laughs> oh, what do you, you want him eating a Little Caesars then? Would <laughs> anything, that be good enough for you? Anything would be better than this. Hot and ready? You know, like, McDonald's would be one thing. Uh, like, oh, I guess I don't, don't, ne- don't necessarily love the Lions players eating Mickey D's after the game, mm-hmm. and McDonald's with a flurry in the—that's just one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. I was—I had to unfollow him actually. Oh really? I didn't know. Yeah, I, am no, I don't think I'm no—I'm no longer following Jameson Williams on on social media. I, uh-huh. I think it's probably for the best because the only things I see on there upset me. <laughs> Whether it's fireworks at three in the morning on the Fourth of July. What was, oh, what was that? Was that an accident? No, he was lighting off fireworks at. Three in the morning with his hands. You so know? he was being American. Oh, with his hands. With, with, he was with doing his himself. hands. Yeah, that's, we've, that's we've a, seen this uh, before in the NFL. Yeah, J.S. Pierre Paul. Blew Love his him. fingers off. <laughs> and now this. And a this is a new low of lows for Jameson Williams. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've defended him on the show for over a month now. Can't do it anymore. But I will say, McDonald's for not partnering with the guy, losing out on money. Not partnering with the Lions, losing out on a, a huge wad of cash right now. Mm. The McFlurger. I think I'm kind of a genius for that name. I think you are too. I think you are too. I, I'm trying to think back to to my college days, which were you know yesteryear, of course. He's not in college. Uh, he's a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's 22. He's, he's, he's a millionaire. 22. Would he's, you be eating this if you were a millionaire? Eh. I mean, I mean, listen. Yeah, you have. Uh, Food is good no matter what. You you can make uh, to the nth degree or nothing at all. Every once in a while, you need something fast, you need something quick, and 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 that's what we are. There's a reason they're everywhere, Ben. It's because everyone does it. 
No. Right? She is the yes. only human no, on well, the planet that, that is doing this. But every, everyone, everyone's doing something. And They're, nothing's crazy until it's done by someone and then everyone else follows the trend. So, okay. Here's how we're going to start the show tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to bring in a McDouble. As long as I'm going to bring in a McFlurry. As long as you're buying. And you're going to eat it on, you know. on, on air. Maybe we Brad just do, saying no. Maybe Why? we just do a, a someone who's actually sponsors the show. I think is what he's trying to get at. Oh. Uh, and then I just drop ice cream on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just whatever food, whatever food we're 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 fine with putting on our air, and then I just you know find some generic ice cream, plop it on top. And then you throw up on <laughs> on live terrestrial radio, sports talk. Thanks, oh, thanks I, for the great content, JMO. There, there's word. Yeah, well, that's what this was. But there, there was, there's word vomit for me every day. You know, this would just be a actuality. We should, we should record this. And you post know it. what this should be? This should be what the loser of the picks does. Oh, you know. And, so Brad, and Brad missing a, a week is already, you know, well, well behind at this point. I, I think the, I think the loser has to eat the JMO meal. I, I'm surprised you're not saying the winner gets to eat the JMO meal the way you're <laughs> hyping up well, this Well, I'm burger. fine with it. That's why I'm, I'm fine if I, you know, if I have to do it, but I, I don't think you nor Brad would be. Are, are you a picky eater? No. You'll just, uh, you're disgusting. That's Thank gross. You. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. <laughs> I, you, um, diarrhea. That's what would happen wow. if you tried to eat this. Yep, that, yep, that's good. Final minute of the show, got that in. Y- you, uh... CMU plays tonight. Do you think they cover? No. <laughs> Dude, they're playing for bowl eligibility. Yeah, I don't think they cover. They're in Athens I've seen tonight. this team play. I, uninspiring football. Oh, come it on. It has not been great. But I did hear word Uh-oh. that Gardner Minshew yeah. currently in McGurk Arena really? at, on the campus of Central Michigan University. His sister plays uh, plays volleyball for Eastern, who's in town. There you go. I, I heard you wanted to leave the show early just so you could see him. Yeah, I got to go. That's my fantasy quarterback right there. I know nobody cares about every, anyone's fantasy quarterback, but. Well, that's, that's a problem within itself, though. But. It's, it, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of ce- not a lot of celebrities coming through the Great Lakes Bay region. Except when I'm there. <laughs> that was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it. Thanks for listening, everybody. From the Blazy Electric Studios, this is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mint, WLUN, Pinconning Bay City, Saginaw Midland.